0: morning, everyone. Good morning, Father. Today's Gospel, we have Jesus visiting his hometown of Nazareth. So he's going back to his home village. So we can all relate to that a little bit because, you know, a lot of Chaldeans are from different villages, right? And so imagine if you're going back to Iraq, or going back to your hometown, and you're going to your village, whether you're from Tadkape, al Zafu, Aradin, wherever your family is from, So Jesus is going to his home village. And so imagine if you were in the village, you grew up in the village, and you knew St. Joseph. He grew up with you. You knew Mother Mary. She grew up in your village. And you knew Jesus at the synagogue, at church. He studied the scriptures. We knew we grew up with Jesus. Wouldn't you be so proud if you could say, Oh, Jesus, he's an El Yes, he's from my village. Wouldn't you be happy? Or he's from Tilkepi. Yes, he's from my village. You'd be so proud, right? But the opposite happened in Jesus' village. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? He's just an ordinary guy. He makes our furniture. Do you not know that Mother Mary is with us, the, the, Jesus' mother? she makes luchma for the poor people, she makes bread, she's an ordinary lady. And so, they began to doubt in Jesus. So first Jesus tells them something. He tells them first, he reads from the scroll of Isaiah, and he says, I have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. So during Jesus' baptism, we just finished Jesus' baptism on Thursday, and he's been anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so whenever someone's anointed in Israel, They take oil, and they would anoint him king of Israel. But instead of a person doing it, a priest doing it, the Holy Spirit himself anoints Jesus and basically proclaims this is the Messiah. And so Jesus um, expected the people to believe in him because St. John the Baptist, which everyone believed was a prophet, was witnessing to Jesus... The Holy Spirit was witnessing to Jesus in the form of a dove. The voice of the Father was witnessing to Jesus saying, this is my beloved son. And all these people who were following Jesus in the synagogue, his old entourage, his group, his disciples were with him and they still refused to believe. And not only that, but just like how in the Chaldean community, we know everyone's last name. Oh, you are Bionno. We know your family. We know where you come from. We know... You know, we know some families have bad reputations like, oh, you're from that family, we know that this, whatever. So they should have known that Joseph is a descendant of David, the King David. They would know that. So when they say Joseph is your father, that should have testified to Jesus more because not everyone in Nazareth was a descendant of King David. And so they know that he's a descendant of King David. They know all of this stuff. And Jesus is shocked at their lack of faith. They don't believe in him, and they reject him. At first, they believe in him, right? They're happy. They're like, oh, this is great. But then what happens? Someone says in the community, like let's say, imagine at church here, oh, this is Joseph's son. So doubt is contagious. So if you surround yourself with people who don't believe, If you surround yourself with people who live in sin, if you surround yourself with people who say, Jesus is not the Son of God, he's not the Messiah, what happens? The people together grow in this doubt, right? And so the same thing it is today, in the first reading we hear that some people take the form of religion but deny its power. So we do the same thing in a similar way when we don't believe in the power of the Eucharist, we don't believe in, in Christ enough to really change our lives, to repent of our sins. So the same thing Jesus expected them, his own people to believe and to repent because he says, I came to set captives free, the poor those who are materially rich and also spiritually poor. He says, I came for the poor and for the rich. I came for all people. And so today we have a problem, even in my own life, I remember a time in my life when I was going to church, but I wasn't letting the power of God change me, right? And so we could do religious things, We could pray the Rosary, we could receive the Eucharist, but we don't believe in its power. And we don't believe that Jesus is going to change and transform us. And so it's very dangerous if we are living our faith our whole life and we're not really believing enough to where Jesus is transforming us, right? Because if we're not repenting of our sins, I'll give you an example. They told Jesus, they told Jesus, basically, they said to him, do more signs so we can believe in you. And he said to them, basically, I did signs and you refused to believe in Capernaum, these Jewish villages, Capernaum, Bethsaida, Korozyn. He did in these Jewish synagogues, in these places, in these cities, he did miracles and he says, if I had done these miracles to Sodom and Gomorrah, to these lands that were living in horrible sin, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But you refuse, and so I will cast you down to Hades. And so imagine us today. We have the fullness of truth. We have the cross. They don't even know yet Jesus is going to die on the cross. And if we reject that salvation... So one example is, if we're holding on to one mortal sin in our life, just one mortal sin, if I'm holding on to that sin, I refuse to change, I refuse to turn away from it, whether it's impurity, whether it's my career if it's immoral, whether it's if I'm, if I'm living in adultery, whatever it is, if I'm holding on to that one sin, our whole religion is in vain at the, at, up to that point. Because if I don't repent, and believe in Jesus so he can heal me? You know, people can come here all the time, bless themselves with the cross, or Good Friday people come to respect Jesus' tomb, and they say, oh, thank you, Jesus, for dying for love of me. And then they never see them ever again, and they don't practice their faith. It has no effect on their life. They don't repent of their sins. And religion is kind of like this tradition that I just do, but has no power. So, Father Perrin shared a story the other day. I'm going to share the same story in his Mass yesterday. The power of the Eucharist and the power that it has to transform. There was a saint, her name is St. Clair of Assisi, and an army was coming to destroy all of Assisi and was going to charge the convent. And St. Clair had so much faith in the power of God, she was an old lady at this point, she couldn't do anything and she was sick, She told the nuns, bring me the Eucharist. Bring him to me in a monstrance, in a gold monstrance. Bring him to me. So she went in front of the army, and she rose the Eucharist, and she says, Lord, I'm not strong enough to take care of your daughters. I can't protect them. You do it. And the entire army literally fled Assisi in fear, all because of this one woman who had so much faith in the Eucharist. And so today, I really challenge us to really pray about am I accepting the truth of our faith, the power of the Eucharist, the power Jesus has today when he puts, when he puts himself on your tongue. Is he going to change me? Am I going to repent? Or am I just doing this because, you know, I know it's the right thing to do, but I'm not accepting him. And so that's something that's very dangerous that the people of Nazareth were doing. They wouldn't accept Christ and they refused, even if they saw great signs to repent. So let's pray today to really accept Jesus' words when he says, I came to set you free. I came to set the captives free. I came to open the eyes of the blind. I came to open our eyes We are not physically blind at times. He came to open my eyes as a priest. Father Kevin, You're blind. I want to open your eyes more so you can see me. And so we need to do that this year so that Jesus can really transform our life. Amen. Amen.